0: I appreciate your patience with us as we get swapped over from uh, the music uh, to the message. Uh, it's a different uh, audio setup, so. but anyway, praise God. Hopefully everything's coming in loud and clear. Amen. Wow. Uh, I hope you uh, were experiencing, wherever you are listening uh, this morning, what I was experiencing here in the room. Uh, the Holy Spirit, His presence was uh, a very strong. Uh, as uh, he always, praise God's uh, honors uh, His word to be in the midst of where people are gathered together in His name. So, um, before we get into the word, just a couple of things. Um, I've I've had lots of people asking me, Pastor Mark, how do we give? We we believe in giving and we want to keep giving. So, you can do that online through the church website, hccnow.org. Um, obviously, you can uh, mail it in, um, and if. If it's a check, I wouldn't recommend you doing this with cash, but with a check, you can put an envelope and just drop it in the mailbox on the front of the church. And um, the Lord has really, really blessed us as a family of faith financially. I know that some churches and ministries are suffering right now, and, and um, the Lord has just blessed us with abundance, and, and we're fine financially. Um, and as I've always promised you, if I ever mention money, it'll be for your benefit and, and, and not mine. or. Uh, And so, but anyway, praise God, if you'd like to continue to give, those are some ways to do it. Um, Also, uh, just to give you a quick update on Sister Pam, we've had lots of people asking about my darling wife. She is doing much, much better. Um, And and even in that whole situation, it's just been amazing to see the favor of God. Um, We didn't realize that the kidney stone had prevented her kidney from draining, and she had developed a pretty... Uh, serious infection, and um, they called us back kind of for a follow-up visit, and and that's when they identified that. That was Wednesday afternoon, and uh, when we went to Princeton Hospital, uh, the emergency room doctor got on the phone, and anyway, long story short, um, head of nursing met us at the door at the hospital. The surgeon met Pam in the lobby at Princeton Hospital and walked her up to surgery. I mean, I've never Again, these things, uh, as far as my experience is, <laughs> is concerned, just never happen. And so just thankful for the, for the goodness of, of God. They put us up in, uh, when the doctor came in the next morning to check on Pam, he says, man, y'all got the nicest room in the hospital, and they gave us a suite. I mean, it was just, amen, just the goodness of God throughout all of that. So uh, just continue to pray for her. Um, she is blessed and healed of the Lord, and we will settle for nothing less than that. But thank you for those of you who've called or Uh, sent text messages and and, and asked about her. And so she is doing well and at home uh, watching with all of you right now. One last thing before we get into the Word too, I just want to say a shout out and thank you to uh, Pastor Mark McClellan and John Mark for anchoring everything on Wednesday for us. Um, Obviously, uh, that was a very short notice, especially on Mark's uh, part. His sermon, by the way, is archived. You need to hear it if you haven't heard it. Um, out of John the 10th chapter did an amazing job and a good word for our family of faith. And so that's archived on the website as well as uh, my Facebook page and the church's Facebook page. So anyway, praise God, without any any, uh, further formalities, let's uh, open our Bibles this morning to Romans chapter 3, Romans the third chapter, and we'll begin at verse uh, 19. Praise God, Romans chapter 3. In verse 19, are you thankful for the word of God? Amen. I know I was gonna, I, I, thank you, Holy Spirit. I was gonna say one other thing, okay? And, um, listen, we're a family, and if and if 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 you need something, uh, let's let's help one another out, amen. I know that we've always done that here at Heritage. It, it uh, you know, and I hear of, of one family helping another family. I, I know recently, uh, Brother Jerry went and got a car for somebody that had, had broken down and, and just different things that people do. So if, if you're in need, um, we're a family and we're going to help one another through this situation. We're believing it's going to end much sooner than, than what some of the uh, you know, reports are saying as far as you know, when we can expect for things to be back to normal. Um, my prayer is that we'll all be together again by Easter, if not before. So you just be in agreement with, with, that, with that. Praise God. And let me say, especially to our seniors, um, if, if you need us to bring you something or get you some groceries or, or, or what have you, um, you know, we've got some toilet paper here at the church. It's commercial rolls. But uh, if, you, if you need some toilet paper, that was a joke, obviously. Um, Pastor Mark McClellan and I were having a conversation Uh, last week he said you know global pandemic comes to Alabama and what do we do we go buy toilet paper hot dogs and ramen noodles so uh, anyway we're not used to global pandemics in uh, in the state of Alabama but praise God if no joke if you need something um, please don't hesitate to ask we'll get through this together um, and uh, and good things coming amen all right Romans chapter 3 and verse 19 it says this now we know that whatever the law says, and this of course is speaking of the laws that God gave us through Moses, it says to those who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. It's an amazing thing. If you, if you study this out uh, in the book of Romans, you see that when, when Father God gave the law, He knew that it was actually going to cause sin to explode. Uh, in other words, increase sin. Uh, the, the basic mindset that a lot of people have is that if you pass a law, it'll stop people from doing wrong, but that's simply not the case. Um, Paul explains this in greater detail in chapter 7 and 8 where he talks about um, when we're you know, basically when we're told not to do something it actually awakens within us a desire uh, to do it. Um, and so, the reason we see in Scripture uh, is that Father gave the law uh, to help expedite us all coming to the simple reality that we can't do it without His help. We can't live um, a righteous life uh, and satisfy His standards unless um, we have a Savior. And so that's what it means that all the world may become guilty before God. Verse 20, Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in His sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin." By the law know- is the knowledge of sin. We said on uh, last Sunday evening that um, I used the example of when I had a problem with my eye and the, uh, the eye doctor put uh, some yellow dye in my eye to, uh, to see if he could identify what the issue was. And when the yellow dye went in, it, it revealed an ulcer on my cornea. Uh, but again... That yellow dye did nothing to fix the problem that I had. It only revealed the problem, and that's that's what the law of Moses did. It it reveals a problem that it cannot fix, and and we have to, of course, you know, Jesus came to provide that uh, final answer uh, for our sin. So, for by the law he says in verse twenty is the knowledge of sin. Then that first phrase in verse twenty, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. Now this this question may not be the first one that pops up in your heart and mind, but if you go back to these first century listeners, um, their, their next question would have been something like this, if not the law, then how? You know, that was the only way they understood a man or a woman could be made right before God in the eyes of God was by obeying the law. And so now Paul, by the Holy Spirit, is telling them that by the works of the law, no flesh will be made right. No, fle- no flesh will be justified. In, uh, in the eyes of God before God. And so, again, their question would be, if not the law, then how? Okay, um, And of course, the answer is verse 21, but now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Now, before we go any further with this, I want to point a couple of things out to you. In verse 19, we see the word now. And then... Again, in verse 21, we see the word now, right? And, of course, you know what I usually say anytime we find now in the Bible. It'll be now tomorrow, it'll be now next week, and it'll be now six weeks from now. It'll be now 6,000 years from now. Amen. He's talking about a new day that has come and a new reality that we now are in the midst of enjoying and experiencing, right? But another way I want you to think of this, um, especially in light of the context of these verses, He's basically saying, that was then, this is now. Uh, This is how it used to be, but it's not that way anymore. This is how it is now. So remember, before Jesus, in other words, that would be the then, before Jesus, righteousness was something earned by doing. Right standing with God in the eyes of God was something that was earned by doing. It was earned by trying to obey God. The laws that came through Moses. After Jesus, also known as now, righteousness is something, and I've said this a, I've said this a few times, and I, I really feel like the Holy Spirit kind of tweaked me on this, dialed me in a little better on this. I've been saying that righteousness is something you become uh, because of something you believed. Okay? Well, that's that's accurate, but let me give it to you a little more accurately. Um, righteousness is now something you became by having believed, okay? And, and you say, well, what's the difference there, Pastor Mark? Are you just swapping out you know, two vowels, right? No, no, listen again. Something you became because of something you have believed. The difference is, and it's what a lot of people I think still get locked in on, is that we're, we're in a process of becoming righteous. And that's, that's really inaccurate. The Bible says you have been made, past tense, you have been made. If you've called on Jesus and received salvation, you have been made righteous. Not are becoming, but have been made. There's a big difference there, right? Uh, Now, we know that we've been made righteous, and through the renewing of the mind, uh, we're learning to, uh, you know, that inward reality of the new birth becoming an outward expression of life. But again, righteousness now is something that we became because of something we believed. Amen. It's the only way for a man or woman to be right before God in the eyes of God All right now let's go back to verse 21 it says but now so again we're talking about a line in the sand uh, one of my favorite passages out of Ephesians 5 says you were once darkness but now you are light in the Lord so this is what you once were but this is you know who and what you are now so again we once tried to make ourselves right earn a standard of right righteousness before God by something we did but now "...the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ, to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference, all have sinned, and fall short of the glory of God." But again, there's a comma there. That, that's, there's not a period or an exclamation point at the end of that uh, uh, verse 23 like you hear so many imply when they preach. And how many you know, hundred thousand million times has this passage been used in a sermon and, and verse 23 is, is where the, the, the speaker stopped. Amen. And thank God this is not where it stops. Amen. We have all sinned. That is true. We all have fallen short of the glory of God. That is true. But again, there's a comma there. He's not just emphasizing that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. He's trying to emphasize not the problem, but the answer. And the answer is what? Being justified freely by His grace. It's not something we earn. It's something we became because of something we believed and received. So being justified freely without cost. Well, let me say that again. Let me say it another way. Without cost to us. It costs Jesus everything to give us this free gift of His grace, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by His blood through faith to demonstrate His righteousness, because in His forbearance God has passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time, again, back to the now, back to how things are now, how things work now, how we're to understand these things today. Amen. At the present time, His righteousness that He might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Now, let's talk about that last phrase because that's one of my favorite phrases in the book of, of Romans. And I know I have a lot of favorites. I may mention three more favorites before I'm done this morning. Amen. But what it communicates that because Jesus has done for us what Jesus has done for us, it has allowed our Heavenly Father to be both just, in other words, fair, um, maintaining His righteousness, or His rightness, you could say it that way, His integrity, but at the same time also being the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. Now, let's dig into this. We, we touched on this last Sunday night. Let's, let's go back to it for just a moment. And I know some of you, you know, are with us on Sunday mornings that are not with us on Sunday nights. And so, let's, let's dig again into this just a little bit deeper and then we'll move on to what I think we'll, we'll end with this morning. Um, our Heavenly Father loves you. And I, I, I can't say that enough. He wants good for you. He wants to bless you. He wants fellowship with you. He, he sings over you while you sleep at night. He numbers the hairs on your head. He, he, um, he loves you. He knew you before you were ever formed in your mother's womb. If you think your mama loves you, amen. your heavenly Father loves you even more than your mama does. He knew you before you were ever in your mama's belly. Amen. And, and He only desires good for you. He's looking for ways to help you. He's looking for ways to bless you. He's looking for ways... To, to give you good things and, and, and for you to experience a life of, of provision and, and, and prosperity and protection and promotion. This is His heart for you. I can't say that enough, right? But of course, what, what hinders Him from being able to prosper us and promote us and do all these things was our sin. Our sin separated us from fellowship with our Father. Our sin disqualified us from being blessed by Him. It didn't change the fact that he wants fellowship, it doesn't change that he that he wants to bless you. That never changed throughout any of this. Matter of fact, when Adam and Eve sinned, they tried to make clothes for themselves out of fig leaves and and our father is there. I mean, they just made the biggest mistake that'll ever be made in in all of eternity, right? And Father God is not there kicking dirt in their face. He's there making clothes for them. He's trying to make some uh, you know, a a more temporary, you know, a more permanent temporary covering for them. The fig leaves weren't going to last but maybe two days. So he's making them actually coverings out of animal skins. He's he's made he's made them a suit of clothes. Are you seeing that to me says so much about our father's heart for us. He's not there to can't believe you did this. I mean, obviously he's telling them about the curse. He's telling them what's going to happen because of the choices that they made. But again, do you see his mercy and His grace and His love for them and His, and his, his, his desperate uh, you know, desire, if you will, desperation, desire to, to help them and continue to be good to them and, and, and you know, to the best of His ability in light of the sin that they just committed that separated them from fellowship with Him, that, that caused them to hide from Him, that, that caused them to be afraid of Him. And yet He's there in the middle of that. all right? But now, back to this phrase... How can He be just and at the same time justify me and you? That word justify means to treat you like your sin never happened. Just as if I'd never sinned. Father wants to treat you and me like we've never committed a single sin. To have that kind of fellowship with you and to be able to bless you like you've never done a single thing wrong in your life. Okay, This is what it means to be the one who justifies you. But how can He be a just God and treat you like your sin never happened. Those two things are in conflict with one another, except for Jesus came and resolved the conflict. So before I get there, let me me try to bring this into a real life situation so you'll understand better what I'm saying. Our, Our Father God cannot be just and treat wrong behavior the same as right behavior. He can't be just and, and, re, and reward uh, the person who does wrong um, the same as He rewards the person who does right. That's not fair in God's book and it's not fair uh, in, in certainly in, in any of our uh, books or ways of looking at things. So think about it in terms of a judge in our legal system who refused to punish wrong behavior for his own interest and benefit. In other words, this is a side of this that, and I had a lot of comments, positive comments on this last Sunday night. So I, I want to, I just mention this briefly then. But I, I want to go back to it uh, now for just for just a moment, if I could. You see, we have a tendency to only look at what Jesus did for us in light of how it benefited us, and we never consider that that He was actually not just doing it for us, but He was He was doing it for His heavenly Father. He He was. He was not just satisfying a need that we had, he was satisfying a a need that his uh, his father had. Okay? Um, So, again, if, if a judge in our legal system refused to punish wrong behavior for his own interests and benefit, okay, then we would not consider that judge to be a just judge. In the same way, if our Heavenly Father didn't punish sin for his own interest and benefit, um, that would not, uh, that would prevent him from at the same time being just. Okay? So, how about this? A judge, think about a judge who let someone go free because he cared for them personally and therefore didn't hold them accountable for their crimes and wrong committed against others. right? So, here, let's see if this will make it a little more plain. If the judge's nephew, alright, you got this, Judge, black robe, sitting on a bench, and, uh, and his nephew was caught dead to rights, stole $20,000 from you. Okay, So the judge's nephew stole $20,000 from you, and the judge let him go without any punishment or repayment. And when asked why he did that, the judge responded, because I love my nephew... And I believe he has lots of potential in spite of this mistake. Well, again, there's nobody that would say that's just. There's nobody that, that, that would say uh, that this is, this is a, a fair or a righteous judge. Okay. Would you consider the judge to be just? I think the answer to that is no. But it, it doesn't stop there, though. How would you feel if that same judge then turned around and gave his nephew a key to the city and a citizenship award? Just rubbing it in your face now, right? I mean, he stole 20 grand from you and the judge let him off Scot free, didn't require any kind of payment or penalty or punishment for that. Let him keep the 20,000, right? And then turns around and honors him in a big ceremony and says, "This is my nephew. I'm so proud of him. Here's a key to the city son and here's a here's a citizenship award," right? Well, again, that that uncle judge may have that kind of heart for his nephew and may want to, you know, uh, alleviate any kind of punishment that his nephew had coming and may want to promote and prosper and and reward his nephew. But in nobody's book would that judge be considered just. Instead, that's what that's an injustice. But this is the situation, again, that our Father found Himself in. We were guilty. It was His job to punish us. Here's the the reminder though. He doesn't want to punish you. He wants to love you. He wants to bless you. He wants to give you not the keys to some city. He wants to give you the keys to His kingdom. He he, he wants to to, uh, draw a circle around you and shout all over the universe that you're His. He wants to promote you and bless you and prosper you. That's His heart for you. But notice, if he does this, he would destroy his own righteousness if he treated our sin like it was the same as somebody who's doing right and use the excuse that he did it because he loved us. Now, in our legal system, what would happen is that judge would, would be recused from judging over his nephew. In other words, that judge wouldn't be allowed to make that judgment. They would get another judge in there who would be impartial and not be you know, feeling that kind of conflict. But here again, our Father can't recuse Himself from our case. I mean, who's, who's going who's gonna to judge us if, if it's not Him? Are you following what I'm saying? There's not, a, there's not another God in a parallel universe that can come who's indifferent towards us and will make a judgment on our behalf. So again, the buck stops with Him. So there's a dilemma here. How, is, how can He be just and at the same time treat you and me like our sin never happened. So do you see why I'm saying Jesus didn't just do what He did for you and me. Jesus did it for you and me, yes, but He also did it for His Father. Because Jesus took the blame and punishment for all of our sin. Amen. Because He said, you know what, He He paid the 20 grand for you in this case, right? In other words, He came in and, and He took the blame and the punishment and 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 did you know laid in our bed for us so to speak so that we could go free this is what again allows our heavenly father to give a gift of right standing before him in his eyes to those who come to him through his son Christ Jesus we receive that gift of righteousness we become the righteousness of god and so notice when we see the righteousness that is, is demonstrated, we're, He's talking about this, and I'm not going to go back through those verses in Romans 3. He's not just talking about the righteousness that Jesus demonstrated that we've been given, but in, in Him dying for us and dying as us on that cross, He's demonstrating the righteousness of, our, of, of His Father and our Father. Amen. That He couldn't just sweep our, our sin under the rug and pretend like it didn't happen and still be a just God amen alright I just heard you all say an amen all over town praise God alright Romans chapter 3 I wanna read these verses beginning at verse 21 I wanna read them to you again um, this time from the message translation and I think they're they read a little bit different from the message translation but I love especially the way some of these phrases are broken down right verse 21 Romans 3 the message but in our time something new has been added What Moses and the prophets witnessed to all those years has happened. The God setting things right that we read about has become Jesus setting things right for us. And not only for us, but for everyone who believes in Him. For there is no difference between us and them in this. In other words, between Jew and non-Jew. There's no difference between us and them in this. Since we've compiled this long and sorry record as sinners, both us and them, and prove that we were utterly incapable of living the glorious lives God wills for us, God did it for us. Out of sheer generosity, He put us in right standing with Himself, a pure gift. He got us out of the mess we're in and restored us to where He always wanted us to be. And He did it by means of Jesus Christ. God sacrificed Jesus on the altar of the world to clear that world of sin. Having faith in Him sets us in the clear. God decided on this course of action in full view of the public to set the world in the clear with Himself through the sacrifice of Jesus, finally taking care of the sins He had so patiently endured. This is not only clear, but it's now. This is current history. God sets things right. He also makes it possible for us to live in His rightness. Man, I love the way the message translation breaks that down for us. Now, let's take just a few more minutes. It says, um, He got us out of the mess we're in. We were in a mess, by the way, if you don't know that. We, we were sunk with no escape but God, amen, and He came in the form of His Son And rescued us. But He got us out of the mess we're in and restored us to where He always wanted us to be. And He did it by the means of Jesus Christ. Now, I've mentioned this once. I'm going to just one more time mention it again. That Jesus' death on the cross for our sins solved a problem for us, but it also solved a problem for His Father. Jesus' completed work on the cross solved our sin problem once and for all. This in turn, and here's where we're making a turn, okay, in in our study. This in turn makes it possible for Father to treat you like your sin never happened. That's where He's always wanted us to be. Again, how, how the message translation broke this down. He got us out of the mess we're in and restored us to where He always wanted us to be. Where did He always want us to be? Well, we're going to look at that. This is is the, 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 the part we read in the New King James where it says we fell short of the glory of God. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Now the glory of God is a vast subject. We could talk about it for weeks and weeks and weeks. Because the glory of God is what God is essentially. That's that's one of the ways to understand the glory of God. I've I've often simplified it this way. The glory of God is everything that God is and everything that God has. This is the glory of our Father, our Creator Father. Now, when we talk about the glory of the things that He created, and this is where a lot of really religiously, traditionally religiously minded people get nervous when we start talking about the glory of, of a human being. But, You know, because, oh, no, 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 all the glory belongs to God. Well, the God of glory created all things and everything He created, He created with its own glory. Are you with me on this? This is important. He created it with His own glory. So, the Bible speaks of of your glory, speaks of my glory, speaks of the wisdom of God that He hid for you for your glory. Okay. So, when we talk about falling short of God's glory, He's not just talking about falling short of everything that God is and everything that God has. He's talking about falling short of what Father God always intended for us to be. He's talking about you and me not uh, you know, fulfilling Father's heart and desire and intentions for us because of our sin. Sin caused us to come up short. It, it prevented us from, from living the life that God, our Father, always intended for for us to live. So when we talk about the glory of created things, and that's all created things, the Bible even talks about the planetary bodies and how they vary in glory, we see that the glory of created things, including man, is what they are meant by God to be. Okay? So your glory then is what you are meant by God to be, what He meant for you to be, what He meant for me to to be. So simply put, falling short of the glory of God means we all fell short of where Father always wanted us to be what He always intended for us to be. Now, the glory of man then, your glory, the glory that we fell short of, why are we taking time to do this? Because, you know, again, if you were raised in traditionally religious churches, uh, more than likely all the sermons you heard from Romans 3 stopped at verse 23. And, that, and that's not where that chapter uh, ends. That's not where the, the, the truth that's being uh, given to us ends. And it's certainly not where the book of Romans ends, right? Because we, you know, he's going to build on, on this fundamental understanding and, and talk more and more about who we are in Christ and what belongs to us because of who we are in Christ. and. And, and how closely we identify with the, the completed work of Jesus as the book of Romans continues to unfold. Okay? So, the glory of man then, I know I'm saying this different ways, sometimes we say it five or six different ways, and then there's one that it clicks, okay? The glory of man then would be mankind at his highest and best according to the predetermination of God. Right, I like to ask this question. I ask it a lot. Okay, which came first, man or man's purpose? And the answer is, your purpose came first. And why you say, well, Pastor Mark, why is that question so important? That question is important because um, God had a purpose in mind for you to, ful- to fulfill before He ever created you. In other words, because He had the purpose first, He created you in light of that purpose. Right. So. Uh, I'll just use an example. These men and women that led us in music this morning, right? Aren't you thankful for people who are gifted in the area of music and leading music and worship? Again, I love to worship, but you know, that's not necessarily one of my strong suits. Let's just say it that way. I'm like a lot of you. I love to make a joyful noise. There are folks who are just, again, extremely gifted in administration and in organization. Um, and, and we see that their purpose and, and, and what they do. And again, I, I'm not here to teach on all that this morning, but just the bottom line is Father had a purpose in mind for us, you specifically, but mankind in general, before He ever created us. And then He created us in, in such a way as to be able to fulfill that purpose. That's why He created you in His image and likeness. That's why He created you to look like He looks and to function the way He functions. Right? He didn't create you to be a pet. I'm thankful for little Colonel. He's an awesome little pup. Right? But he's not the same to me as my children or my grandchildren. I don't have... He wasn't... Colonel wasn't created. My Yorkshire Terry wasn't created in my image and likeness. Right? He's not like me on that level. Therefore, I can't have the same kind of fellowship with him that I enjoy with with those that God did create on my level. But again, take that up one more level. He created you to look like He looks and to function the way He functions because He wanted fellowship with you. He wanted communion with you. He He wanted you to become one with Him. Amen. So, when we talk about um, the glory of man, we're talking about mankind at His highest and best according to the predetermination of God. In other words, Father predetermined, what does that simply mean? And boy, that really opens a can of worms for a lot of people. You start throwing that word around. To predetermine means He decided beforehand. Pre, beforehand, determined. He determined beforehand. In other words, before He ever created you and me, He determined what it was that He wanted you and me to be to Him. Okay? All right. let's go to Romans 8 and we'll end there. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I hope you're getting something out of this this morning. Romans, chapter eight, and um, we'll probably come back to some of the earlier things in this chapter. But let's uh, let's begin at verse twenty-nine. Romans eight and twenty-nine. Praise God! Or once you find it, look at me for a moment, okay? Romans eight and twenty-nine. You say, Pastor Mark, I, I was really enjoying that teaching on the blessing. Are we done with that? Absolutely not, okay? Absolutely not. Jesus became a curse for you, uh, lifted, came under that curse with you, lifted it off of you and carried it away so that the blessing of Abraham could come upon you. Amen. And I don't think it's any coincidence that the Holy Spirit started speaking to us about faith for protection before any of this started unfolding in, in our world today. And my faith is strong with yours this morning that we are protected, this family of faith is protected, your family, loved ones are protected. Amen. Not because we've been good. Not, not, we're not, our faith and confidence isn't in karma. right? Our faith and confidence is in the blessing that has come upon us because of what Jesus did on our behalf. Amen. So, we're not leaving that behind. But one of the things that we identified in that story is that if we're ever going to have the proper faith and confidence in the blessing that we've received, we've got to have the proper faith and confidence in why that blessing is ours. Amen. That... We've said justified means qualified for that blessing. If you don't understand your justification, then you'll always exclude yourself from the blessing. You'll, you won't believe that it's yours. You, you know, the more sin conscious you are, the more, the more curse minded you're going to be. The more righteousness conscious aware that you are, the more blessing minded you're going to be. And so we're, we're taking a, a side journey, if you will, uh, to, to, to build some understanding in all of that. I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you where we're headed with this, and I'm so excited about getting there soon. And that is, Father has packaged this blessing in such a way that you now inherit it. You don't earn it. You inherit it. So that, this is why He made you His child, so that as His child, you could inherit the blessing rather than try to buy it or earn it or, or secure it some other way. All right. So that's where we are in the bigger sc- scope of things. But again, we all fell short of the glory. We've been justified freely by His grace. And so the glory that we fell short of is what Father God had in mind for you and me as our highest and best, as determined by God before He ever created us. Okay? So here is a glimpse into um, what His thinking was where you're concerned. Verse Romans 8 and 29. For whom He foreknew, this means knew beforehand, He also predestined, predetermined, to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He, His Son, Jesus, might be the firstborn among many brethren. So what did Father decide about you and me before He ever created Adam? He decided that our creation and our ultimate Uh, goal, our highest and best, would be to to be conformed to the image of His Son, that Jesus would not be the only begotten Son of God, but that He would be the firstborn among many brethren. He created us to be His sons and daughters. He created us with the idea that not only would we be His children, that we would be to Him as Jesus is to Him. That's a strong statement right there. That's exactly what He says here. Whom He foreknew, He predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son that He might be, Jesus might be, the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom He predestined, these He also called. Whom He called, these He also, there's that word, justified. Just as if I'd never sinned. Made it to where your sin is no longer uh, even recorded against you and whom He has justified, these He also glorified. There's that word. It's Glorified obviously is a form of glory. We, so now, where are we? We're in Romans 8. Romans 3, He says we fell short of the glory. Now in Romans 8, we see that He's glorifying us. He is. He is what does this word glorify mean? It means to show esteem or honor by placing into an honorable position. To show esteem or honor by placing into an honorable position. Let's go back to the story about the judge and his nephew. Okay, And all of a sudden, that judge has not only you know led him off scot-free, not required any kind of compensation or anything, retribution or anything like that. Now he's got him in front of a huge crowd of people, and he's given him the keys to the city, and given him an award for citizenship. How do you think the nephew's going to feel about that? Probably going to feel pretty lousy about it, isn't he? He's probably going to stand up there, that key in one hand, that certificate in the other, looking at his feet, right? Because he knows that he's not worthy of that kind of promotion, that kind of recognition, that kind of honor, okay? And this is where so many born-again people are. Father hands him the keys to the kingdom, and they're like, ho, 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 no, no, not me. Father says, This is my son. I'm, I'm, I'm so pleased with him. And we go, Ho, ho, no, not me. He tries to promote you. And we resist it. He tries to bless you. We resist it. He tries to fellowship with you and we we don't even feel comfortable in His presence, right? Because we're still focused on that old system of how a man or woman is made right before God in the eyes of God. So, notice He justified you not just so He could say, okay, you're justified now. Um, Run along. No. He justified you so that He could glorify you so that he could bring you back to that place that he always intended you to be in that place again fellowship with him blessing from him amen amen all right let's pray father thank you so much for our time together this morning thank you father for those who have tuned in and are watching live and where we also believe that there will be many, many more, Father, who will watch this um, at a later time and be blessed by it. And so, Lord, we pray over those who are watching now. We pray over those who will be watching later. We thank You, Father, that You're speaking to us and we're listening to You. Father, show us how even during this unique time, Lord, in, in, in our nation and city and state, Lord, that, that we can let our light shine for You uh, helping people, uh, serving people, loving people, Father. And Lord, I, I thank You, um, Father, that, that uh, Your Word is going forth and it will not be hindered, it will not be stopped. And, and Father, I'm just going to go ahead and release my faith that more people are going to hear this uh, service today, the worship and the Word, uh, than would have normally heard it had we... Uh, just did it here uh, in, in the sanctuary uh, as we normally do, Lord, for the last two-plus decades. So, Father, thank you again for your protection, your provision. Um, Lord, our, our money, our trust, rather, is not in money. Our trust is in you. And, um, Lord, I thank you that we're not going to be afraid. Uh, and, Lord, even if, if we lose some, some of us lose some wages and income, Lord, during all this, we know, Father, that it will be made back up to us many times over. And so, Father, we thank you again for your love and your blessing. Those that are, are recovering, Lord, uh, we, we just release healing uh, to them uh, this morning. We agree together for our entire family of faith, Lord, that uh, your, uh, your protection and blessing, Lord, is upon us. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, so we'll see you again live Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. Uh, I was going to say shake somebody's hand, hug somebody's neck, love somebody in Jesus. So you do that as you're led by the Spirit. Amen. Good things coming.